Welcome to the Shaky Town Radio Hour. I'm Libby Ward. That's not how we start the show. I always forget when I give Libby the mic to start the show. That's why I regret it. I'm going to be too excited. Wow, the R word. Yeah. Oh, That's something to regret. It's a little hard. <laughs> You've shamed Libby when you should have loved her. Instructions. It's my birthday. Don't I get to intro the show however I want? Yes, you get to intro Shaky Town Radio Hour being on the air. What? I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. <sighs> that sigh. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm Gene George. As you knew by somebody sighing. What did I tell you? <laughs> the, the most tiny annoyance. Do you think that they won't know that we're on the air while they're listening to the aired podcast? Well, look. Normally, shows have the little on-the-air sign. We are complying with the Americans with Disabilities Act and uh, making sure that any visually impaired people who can't see the sign know that oh, we're on the air. I, I apologize to... You want, you want us to lose our federal all, funding? Don't apologize to me. All the visually impaired people. I'm not apologizing apologize to the gentleman on the left, who is... Bob Schreiner. He's not visually impaired. Now we're all introduced. Yep. Except our guest. Right. But first, Libby, happy birthday. Thank you. We just we kid because we love. And thanks for All ruining right. the show. <laughs> Don't even know why we're doing it now. It's ruined. From the uh, yeah, because it's completely impossible to retake an intro on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, there is no post here. that will air no, three days no. from today. There's no no post production whatsoever. It's going to be two days from today, so you screwed that up too. Oh my god. Ah. Uh, why don't I just go home? <laughs> Who wins the supermoon? Take your hand pie and get out! Uh, <laughs> Libby, actually, because you have a way with words, please describe our settings. Please do describe I? our refreshments. Do I? <laughs> you sh- yeah. We just spent the last five minutes Say, saying, this. On her. <laughs> saying what a terrible wordsmith I am. I'm apparently incompetent at speaking. Don't forget horrible human being. And I'm a horrible human being. Uh, but luckily, despite all of my terrible attributes uh at least i'm enjoying this lovely outdoor setting in uh brody's backyard or shaky town studio a one <laughs> uh under a nice little awning full of lovely rainbow colored flags and sparkly lights and a uh shrubbery lined fence and a shady tree yeah it's all very cool and lovely and summery and enjoyable it is it's the shaky town summer solstice with Simon Satello, our guest. Evening. How are you doing, Simon? I'm doing good. How is everyone else? Well, comfortable with feedback. <laughs> I'm getting that giving yeah. for the Fair to living, maybe. Re- recovering from the bashing I just took, but I'm sure I'll be over it shortly. I am. I, you can take refuge in the hand pies and the coffee. That's true. That we I had get here. a birthday coffee. Oh, I love you. I'm a bit. <clears throat> I'm a bit nonplussed because. The rainbow oh. flags are two different sizes. They What's are. up with that? You must be crestfallen. It, it, <laughs> it's an illusion that gets a sense of perspective. Oh, because we should ask. We should oh, ask. So now you're closer to the bigger ones, or what they look. They look like bigger ones. Right. You're just closer to them. So, like we're in the Shaky Town Wacky Shack, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, let's, let's Shaky Town House of Illusions. Simon is an artist. She she knows perspective. She knows color and shapes. So she she can tell us the, the visual thought process mind behind tricks. this. Yeah. Have a degree. Yeah. Um, now, I met Simon in, um, in two ways. So which way do we, when we talk about official way or the unofficial way? Two ways at the same time? 
It was to a split dimension. <laughs> by the way, uh, Simon Two Ways is my favorite Chinese dish. And I feel like I just started reading 1984 again. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, let, let's well, just like chronologically. Chronologically, I met yeah. Simon in a retail situation. Yes. I was. We were buying heroin. Which she again, was selling heroin. Nineteen eighty four. What is of, a retail situation? I was one of her favorite customers. Uh, you haven't told me that, but I'm going to declare that. <laughs> I think you felt it. Yes, I, I felt it. I didn't even feel it, but you did. <laughs> and then later, Wait, I your favorite customer at what establishment? I oh. used to work at Food Hole in Glendale. The food. <laughs> oh, I I thought that that was synonymous for mouth. No. Yes, it is. So, <laughs> now that it's all clarified. Yeah, I, I used to order vegan pizza from Simon. Ah. Uh, and I was the nicest pizza orderer that she dealt with all day. You probably. felt that one, too. <laughs> and um, then I was at Shelf Life 2, which was the event at USC. Yeah, yes, it was. It's a... a Print fest, I guess, right? Yeah, that's all right. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed having the Shelf Life two people on the show, <laughs> friends of the show. Like the, the no, the vendors there were awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was, and that's where you and I uh, met. Like, were formally introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, With uh, the top hat and tails. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Simon wore the top hat. I wore the tails. Uh, mm-hmm. well, um, mix it up. So you were there uh, representing Los Angeles Zine Fest. LA Zine Fest, and also I was there with my best friend. We do our book a week club, um, just selling random books that we had made. Yeah. Who, who did you do book a week club with? JT, my friend uh, JT Steiny. It it was something that he started uh, at the college that he teaches at, and it's basically he just tried to get his students to write and illustrate a book every week, and uh, it's very ambitious. Most it's, teachers struggle trying to get students to read a fucking book a week. <laughs> it's, Man, I mean, it's a, is... it, it could be of any scale. It can be 15 pages. It can be one page. So long as up. it's folded. So long as it was a, <laughs> it's book. a book. It had a narrative and it was visually pretty, which, you know. Also subjective. subjective. I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we were there. Uh, so we had a bunch of our book a weeks out, and so he always lets his students bring things that they make and illustrate and sell. And so we were there representing um, the college that we work at and, um, and LA Zine Fest. Yes. Um, I ended up at several different events with you. And because it's not only that event, LA Zine Fest is not only the the great thing that happens in February, it's actually a series of workshops and, and mm-hmm. things throughout the year that you organize and handle. Right, because we started out as just a collective of people putting on like DIY events throughout the city. And we started about like four years ago, we were doing stuff at Meltdown. Mm-hmm. And, and then it just kind of went off from there. We were doing other workshops in different places and uh, schools, uh, art galleries. Anywhere that would let us just like do something fun, and eventually we're like, well, we were doing lots of zine stuff. I'm like, well, there's no zine fest in LA, and there should be, so we made one. And it's been wonderful. It was We've, that simple. And it's for two years now, two two annual events so far. Mm-hmm. Um, working on the the third one for February 2014. 
2014. This already living in the future. Mm-hmm. I like to call it 20 14. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just had a an event at a couple events. One at Pop Pop, uh, where you put together a zine that um, a collaborative zine that's mm-hmm. now available at Pop Pop. Yeah, yeah. We made uh, everyone who came to the workshop made a spread, and then we made it into a zine, and we we're giving it away at Pop Pop for free. Pop Pop is in Highland Park on York Boulevard. Yes. So go check them out. Um, I hosted the panel we talked about earlier in the year there. Uh, it's a great place. Roby Clark um, mm-hmm. is, is the person I know from that establishment. Very nice dude. Uh, also He's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> also just had an event at Casa Indio. Yes. Now, I was a little confused because there was Casa Indio, there was Vice. What, what exactly was this, uh, this event? <laughs> it, it was... Um, it was the release of Indio Beer, and so Vice was sponsoring it, and they uh, hired us to do a, a zine workshop. And so it was a free beer event. Uh, bands, I think they were something that they were doing like every other week. They had like a different uh, guest person doing something there. And uh, bands, KXLU DJed the day that we were there, and it was a really it was a really fun workshop. All of our workshops are usually pretty pleasant. Yeah, I, I find that it's really neat to get a whole group of strangers together and find out what people can do. Find out <laughs> and, and murder one of them <laughs> and see if they find out who did it. Who's good with explosives? <laughs> like just like a, clue, a zine clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> zine clue. But where was it by Tim Curry? Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Tim Curry. Just had a stroke. He did. Did he? Oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I really <laughs> am ruining everything. I'll just go. You're lucky it's your birthday. Is he still, yeah. Is he still alive? I am he lucky. Is. Mm-hmm. He is. Okay. See, yeah, it's Libby's birthday, so she's taking advantage of playing that card, and she's yeah, gonna, that's right. she's me, gonna like Paula Dean us. Here. Can let me think of all the other terrible things I can say. I'm gonna make a list, and then I'll just say them all in a row. Now I can only do the creepy smile on one side of his face. Oh, <laughs> what? Well, it's okay if you stand on that side, then it's creepy. And if or if you you're in a house of fears, right. there's 36 you don't want to be creeped out, you just stand on the other side of him. Would it be more creepy if he's just like complete deadpan when you're looking at him all the time? That would creep me out. Maybe. I think I'd be generally creeped out by Tim Curry. <laughs> in all modes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially the kind of the older, bloated Tim Curry. Mm. Do you like him best as the devil from Legend or the butler from Clue? Uh, given those, given those from Rocky choices, Horror, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say Frankenfurter. I've only seen Rocky Horror once. I like him um, best. Wasn't I'm fairly certain. Too, right? Wasn't he in? <laughs> I don't remember that one. Congo? Wasn't he in Oscar? Yes, he was. Nobody ever remembers Oscar. I love that. I remember it. It was the weirdest thing. Oh, I love love Libby again. And he was the... She's one back my trust. He was, oh, thank you. Hooray, I win! (laughs) Until I lose again. (laughs) A few minutes later. It's tenuous. He was the the super articulate elocution teacher with... Marissa Tomei. Pointing out that that Sylvester Stallone had a dangling participle. Yes. To which Sylvester Stallone replied, (laughs) (laughs) and then zipped up his fly. (laughs) Oscar is an underrated comedy. It is. I think it's great. That was a comedy? Yeah. (laughs) Zing, Oscar. Anyhow, uh, the next big event you have coming up is at the Airliner? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That is a uh, once a month event that my friend Marjorie puts on there. It's called Sound Paint, and what she wants to do is to get um, her friends that make music and DJ, and then her other friends who make art and crafts and like visual things to get together and as many people as possible and just like do creative things is how she tried to sell it to me. Very cool. And I bought in. <laughs> and uh, and so we're gonna Ellie Zine is gonna be there along with like a bunch of other of our like Zine friends. You're gonna be there? I am gonna be there. Yay. Uh, uh Keenan from uh, Dripping Bone Books is gonna be there. Keenan uh, Keller you've heard on the show twice before. And I have some friends who are in a dr- collective called the Drawing Club, and so like they make a whole bunch of stuff, and they're going to be there. And so what we're going to do is we have all of these postcards we made out of recycled posters, and so we're, we have a small budget we're spending on stamps, and so we're going to let people write and draw all over them, and then uh, whoever leaves us their address will get a random postcard sometime through the mail. Yay, that's fun! Will there be any podcasts documenting the event? Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. Intent. We could see. Oh. We'll see. Wait, that was, that was a not at all subtle thing. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, it's radio. As subtle as that plane that sounds like it will soon rescue me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the airliner is in Lincoln Heights. It's in Lincoln Heights on Broadway um, near the 5, like where the 5 exit on Broadway is, slightly north. Now, speaking of neighborhoods in Los Angeles... Uh, looking around the table here really quick, we have Olivia who's coming from Seattle, we have Bob and myself who came in from Phoenix. Gene, you're a native. You grew up in the Valley. I did. Primarily. Simon, another rare, shaky town parent by a native Los Angelino. I actually grew up here. Yeah. This area. Um, it was it was great. You loved it? Do you sure. love this city? Do you hold it? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. You're still here. I've been trying to get out since I was 13. <laughs> oh, well, then why are you still here? Money, mostly. She yeah. walks really slow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big city. It's she just keeps getting lost and <laughs> wandering back home. Dang it. Didn't any of those movies with runaways ever help motivate you? Mm-mm. Or just show you the path? No, it's hard to take public transit and even once you get out of the city, it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but there's Amtrak. Yeah, you didn't watch any of those, those train jumper movies? Journey of Natty Gan. Mm. No, but it did. on a train. Throw Mama from the train. I did date a hobo. He made it look really easy. <laughs> really? Did he actually do that? Uh-huh. I always wanted to jump on the train, but then I also don't want to get run over by a train. <laughs> Not just a hobo, a professional hobo. Professional hobo. How many hobo awesome. dates were there? Was how, like, is this a... Well, if I may, I don't want to. If you don't want to answer that, I understand. Yeah, d- I'm just curious on the process of like hobo courtship. Oh no, yeah, he yeah. took me to the train yard a couple of times. Like, oh, like the four nineteen will drop me off at six. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did he? Did he? Did he ask you out by like chalking signs on your door? Yeah. <laughs> he he left me uh, like he would write notes on the back of photographs of uh, train monikers and stuff, and we would go down to the train yard. He had some beer in his little handkerchief knapsack on a stick. Did he carry a bindle stuff? <laughs> it's a bindle. Wow. <laughs> Man, I've never no. dated anyone with a bindle. Lucky. <laughs> I envision romantic dinners of, of beans in the can over an open fire. Right, right. Mulligan stew. Crushed grinding coffee with a bottle. Really? All that kind of stuff. When I picture a hobo, all I can picture are those old guys that go to the hobo conventions who are like hobos in the 20s and 30s. There's a hobo convention? It's called oh, the yeah. Anarchist really? Book Fair. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'm learning 
so much. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what it's called. <laughs> but they're all like, you know, well, they're probably all dead now, but uh, yeah, they were in their 60s and 70s, and I remember seeing like real people or whatever. You know, doing shows on them. Man. But they were all old, so I picture you going out with a dude that looks like Santa Claus and wearing, like, a battered hat. I just want to talk oh, to the... not that far off. I just want to talk to the guy that <laughs> cool. anchored that. The guy was like, I got a real moneymaker. We'll rent a travel lodge, and we'll invite all the hobos to come and <laughs> yeah. think, think of the money. Think you know, of the fortune. We'll you know who bankrolled like the it? Word, like, the words hobo The king of the hobos. Sounded weird. Wait, they have a king? Yeah. I don't feel like they go together, those two words. The hobos have a king. They're a monarchy. Colossus mm-hmm. of Rhodes. Yeah. Standing astride the rails. <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was like, he, we, we met because he had a hobo film fest. Him and a few friends from his hometown with, like, every year road trip and just, like, showed documentaries about train hopping. It was, pretty, like, it was really, really cool. Huh. Where, where do hobos get their film process? I would, I would think, actually, that if you put, like, if you had the whole train really to yourself, and they right. were, like, the slatted cars, that you could put one image per car and just have people stand next to the tracks <laughs> while the train drove by, and it would be animated. Yeah, so like a You'd giant... Be a moving, uh, it's like a giant moving picture show. Yeah, what, are yeah. those, what are the cranes? What is a zoetrope? What are they, what uh, is yeah. That? Yeah, a zoetrope. We should do that. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Get some cattle cars. Okay. Or just learn the secret hobo, like, spray paint code for the car that's the editing bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the chalk symbol for, you know, here's... For the... post-production. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I just came here to do a voiceover. And we got trains version of a star wagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a lot of people on the show who are natives who... Openly despise the city. <laughs> but obviously there are, are. But have you ever been out of the city? You've been here all your life. A few times. Yeah. I mean, lived and worked. Yeah, briefly. I mean, I'm briefly. I for a summer I lived in San Francisco and worked there, and that was between semesters at college. Mm. Um, that that's it. Yeah, I think you had to be away a while in order to really appreciate Los Angeles. I'm trying. Yep, well, <laughs> keep, keep walking. Walk Why do fast. you hate? <laughs> Why do I hate? Yeah, what makes you? Um, consistently, it's probably the heat, and then the size of the city, and the congestion, uh, how hard it is to get around. Like, you, from the time I was 16 to about 20, 22, I had a car, and it was still a really hard it was really hard to get around anywhere. Like I was going to school in the marina, lived in Frogtown, and at one point I was working in Beverly Hills. Then I lived in Long Beach while I was going to school, and it sucked. Well, yeah, and then, that, that like, sucked for anybody. Yeah. And and then I got rid of my car, and then I was just on a bike and like doing all that same thing, and it was wow. and Gross. it still sucks. And so now. Like it, it's just like the size of the city is one thing I really don't like. I just very recently learned about Frog Town, and it's called uh, yeah. that because there are literal frogs when it be. rains, right, or something like that. It used to be really like really like one like, of the heavily con- yeah. When it rains, like there would just be frogs all over the street. Huh. And by frogs, you mean French people? Yes. <laughs> Exactly. They, they just came out with their baguettes and their wine. Brings us out. Chocolate. 
And they just stand around going, eh. Yeah. Smoking. Cooking. <laughs> Cooking with a lot of heavy creams. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is not a suspicion, man. <laughs> the unemployed dudes with their wine bottles and brown paper bags. <laughs> by the river. I wonder if they ever teamed up with the hobos. <laughs> no, the French and the hobos hate each other. <laughs> yeah, like Jets yeah, and the Shears. They didn't trade brown paper bag beverages. No. Oh, heavens, no. Oh, Forty five wines! What's a space bag? No. <laughs> but then they got in a fight and the French spent all their money on uniforms, which the hobos just beat them up and stole. <laughs> Thus converting into new... Oh, history. <laughs> new little history sacks at the end of sticks. <laughs> new bindles, yeah. <laughs> new French bindles. Isn't that how Dogtown got its name? When it rains, all the dogs came out? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think, I think Frog so. Frogtown and Dogtown. Is that who let the dogs out? Oh, I think so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Blame it on the rain. <laughs> that's that's what we need a mashup of. That's the song today. I don't think you were there, bro. Oh, yeah, really you should have been, but I was. It, when he was getting married, uh, I'm bleeping that name out. I don't want to talk about that guy. What's that? <laughs> I'm bleeping that name out. I don't want to talk about that guy. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. But so our friend was getting married, and the American. There's an American phenomenon. If three or more men are together because someone is getting married, someone invariably will say. I need to see some titties. Y'all coming with me. <laughs> so, we were in a party of like 12, so like there were, by that logic, four people said that. So we end up at a... On average. Terrible <laughs> strip club. Yeah, I was on average. The average. Wait a minute, um, wait a minute. Let me, let me stop you. Where, I, I've been in a lot of strip clubs. Are any a good... Terrible strip club is a little bit of a... Oxygen. Well, on the strip club scale of all being we're terrible, done. Done. this was the worst of terrible. Oh, wow. It was on Grand Avenue in Phoenix, which Talking if about, you like, know that marks, neighborhood... burns. Um, and that was just the guys. <laughs> Boom. If it were an apartment, there would be a banner, like a worn, sun-beaten banner outside that said, $99 move-in. <laughs> and that would be there all year long, because no one's fucking moving in there. It was wretched. And, <laughs> and you went to see some titties at this wretched strip club. Yes. Well, we first went to a nicer strip club, <laughs> okay. which just meant they cleaned it and they didn't have the need for fluorescent lights. So we go from better horrible strip club to worse <laughs> horrible strip club, uh, maybe the worst possible. And I'm just sitting at the table kind of like, God, when is this going to be done? And I hear on the the speakers, you know, the loud speakers. It was just a megaphone. The, the question, yeah, which is just yeah, like a megaphone with tape around it. Yeah. Mr. Microphone stapled to the wall. It's a, it's a Mr. Microphone. Hey, could you tune that to AM five eighty so I can do my announcements? So there's that you know there's that quiet moment between songs where you just maybe hope that the next one won't be as horrible as the fucking buck cherry that ear fucked you before. Buck cherry and. And just in that moment, it's like that moment of silence where there's peace, and you're like, maybe something not as horrible will come on now. Or maybe I'll just go blind and not be able to see anything here. And the break in that silence was the question, who let the dogs out? <laughs> and suddenly, everyone around me, all these, like, fucking, you know, like, crusty fucking punk kids, all these hardcore dudes suddenly have their hands up and go, who, who, who? <laughs> Mind you, I, n- I had not yet heard this song, so I was not aware of the cultural phenomenon that the Baha men had brought us. Who let the dogs out? But so, but everyone else knew about it, and I felt so... Like, I felt how time travelers must feel when they show up somewhere, and like a ritual is happening, and like, 
What is going on? I'm terrified. <laughs> then I heard that song a lot more. <laughs> the weeks to come. Oh. What year was that? I was like, that was 2000. Like 2000. Or 99 or 2000. Well, I remember because uh, the woman I was with at the time forbade me from going to that party. Uh. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I was with her. Yeah, that's why. Because I, I, I was vaguely so aware of the, spared the... I was vaguely aware of that song, but we went to this uh, mind-sucking work conference in Florida, of all places, in Orlando, at Disney World. So it was like... You get to fly across the country and then stay at Disney World and not get to go to any of the parks and go to this horrible... <laughs> you can see them and pretend like you're going to go and them. have fun and mm-hmm. watch everyone else having fun. And then at night, we'll play this Who Let the Dogs Out song because it's really popular. And, uh, was this the worst thing? Yeah. I mean, it's a bad song, and then it was horrible circumstances on top of it. And humidity. And That's humidity. a workman's comp claim in the Totally. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what broke, but something yes. got fucked, and you're paying for it. Most soul-crushing song Most soul, that comes to mind. Soul-crushing song. Uh, I actually really hate Adele's breakup song. I forget what it's even called, and I try not to even remember how it goes, but every time I hear it, I'm just like, ugh. Mostly because people are so psyched about that song, and I don't have any personal, I don't have any personal attachment to it or any breakup but I generally feel like breakups in general are already sucky so I especially don't want to listen to sucky sad music about them I'd rather listen to something happy that's the opposite of how I feel and she's just like oh my life is terrible and sad and I just got dumped and now I'm really depressed so I'm going to be more depressed and make everyone around me more depressed by depressing them with this depressing song which is also the name of the new Fiona Apple record. Is it? Everything you just said, yes. <laughs> they should team up. <laughs> music, music to cut yourself. <laughs> yeah. Simon, what, what is your uh, soul-crushing song? Soul-crushing. Jazz. Just jazz in general? Jazz. Okay. Well, all of it? Freeform jazz. That's, that's a, jazz. There's a lot of, a lot of <laughs> jazz. A lot of jazz to crush Freeform your soul. Freeform experimental by. jazz. Now, Simon has wonderful taste in music. Thank you. You're welcome. And you actually host a radio show out of a record store. Yes, yes I do. Let's talk about family dinner. Family dinner. We haven't had one in a while, but we're two weeks from now is when we're shooting to try and figure that out. Very good. <laughs> and it broadcasts live. I mean, you can it is, hear yeah. the ar- archives in podcast form. Mm-hmm. On- yeah, we stream live um, on the internet, and it... We put it up for download a couple days later. Yeah. So it's it's from Poobah Records in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check them out at poobah.com. P-O-O-B-A-H.com. And uh, where's that located, Brody? Pasadena. Colorado Boulevard. What's the East address? Colorado Boulevard. <laughs> We've just deviated from giving people addresses on this show, and I figure, like, you know, one point I want our listeners who are on the air with us to at least come away with an address. Yes. At some point. It doesn't have to nope. be this one. Yeah, I usually nope. am well versed on my address. Just walk around Pasadena like Simon does. Point. <laughs> and if you manage to walk out of Pasadena, then you will have uh, been You'll more be. successful than, than Simon is at leaving You'll the greater Los in, Angeles area. Uh, you might end up in Covina. Yeah. Or Alhambra. <laughs> South Pass. <laughs> <laughs> now you host it with Rhea? I host it with Rhea and... We usually have uh, my friend Amy will DJ for us sometimes if she's available. Otherwise, uh, the guy who owns the store, <laughs> Ron, he d- will do a lot of the DJing and like he adds music to 
our interviews while we're talking. And yeah. he's it pretty, it, it goes really well with it. It's almost spooky. Yeah. Hmm. It's really good. I've been on the show. I was on the most mm-hmm. recent installment. Yes, you were. You were great. Thank you. I was high. Yes, you were. It was the first time in, what, seven years? Yeah. Man. Yeah, about seven years. I'm almost there. Yeah, and then then you'll go for it. No. <laughs> no. Um, it, you kids and your marijuana <laughs> cigarettes. Yeah. What can I say? You just want to get back on the track to start doing harder drugs, right? <laughs> <laughs> you want to open the gateway again. That 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 is the hardest drug I've ever done, honestly. It is tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and drugs are one of the topics. What are the other two topics? We talk about family. We talk about creativity and drugs. Yes. Not in that order. <laughs> well, they all go hand in hand, really. Mm-hmm. So usually we'll, we'll start off with like who you are, what do you do, like creatively, how do you work, where does that come from? And then I'll ask about their parents and see like, do they, like, if they have a really great like mom or dad story mm-hmm. uh, and how that kind of cr- helped them shape as a person. I'm really interested in. So I've gotten a lot of really good stories out of that. And part of that is because Simon has so many great stories about her own family. <laughs> they're, they're pretty kooky. <laughs> kooky old bunch. How, what, tell us a little bit uh, about the, the cast of characters in your family. I, have, I was raised mostly by my mother and her girlfriends. And my dad still lived in Los Angeles, and so I would go see him every other weekend. Is that him? <laughs> Talking about Bob me again? Shooting at a helicopter. <laughs> I have a, I have an older sister, and she is absolutely nothing like me. Like she, down from like physical attributes, everything I got from my mom, she got from my dad, and then from there it just kind of tapers off into like two completely different kinds of people. And I'm pretty sure this was because when we were kids, she liked the Pink Ranger, and I liked the Yellow Ranger. And it just butterfly effect. Yeah. Do you think it might have had something to do with your mom maybe liking another guy? No. Okay. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely <Okay>. not. <laughs> or are you sure it's that it wasn't that you were already two completely different kinds of people and that is why you liked the pink and the yellow ranger? I think it was maybe some sort of like uh, retaliation because my mother, up to a certain age, dressed us in identical clothing every uh, day. What's the age separation? A year and 16 days. That's not bad. Mm. And I, I'm younger and I turned out taller, which I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty proud about. Did oh, you well done. lord over her, like swat around? Oh, I used to, I was her bully. I, I mean, I feel really bad about it now, but I used to bully her. <laughs> do, you, do you feel bad about it? You don't feel bad. That's pretty unusual for the younger sibling to be the bully. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well done. Thank you. I was named Garthier <laughs> most of my life. Like Ike the Cat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a good old like. <laughs> so do you believe in uh, nurture over nature then? Because it sounds like you feel that uh, you know, people's families, how, they, how their families treat them shapes who they are and also that being dressed in identical clothes and liking a particular power ranger made you split off as opposed to like your genetic code. I do believe that a lot of it has to do with how you were raised. The kinds of things that you were exposed to constantly, mm-hmm. the, the kind of things that your parents were open to, and like maybe what, like I grew up reading a lot of uh, true crime, and mm-hmm. when you see this pattern of 
very extreme example, but like sexual repression leads to weird things. Yes. And so. Don't I know it. (laughs) (laughs) And so like if, and on any scale, if you, what you do and how you raise them does affect them long-term subconsciously Mm -hmm. or very obviously. So uh, that's, and yeah, I mean, it's my own family that is just like talking about it helps me understand it more. Mm-hmm. So, I do enjoy talking about my family because this is the only therapy I can afford. <laughs> well, sure. You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at, at @shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com/shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio@gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at six two six sixty six shake. That's six six seven four two five three. That's the same number. I'm Bianca Berrigan of the L.A. Zine Fest, and you're listening to Shaketown Radio. Tell us a little bit about your co-host, who we have not had the pleasure of uh, having on any of our shows. We, you know, She's another Los Angeles Zine Fest organizer, and mm-hmm. we've talked to pretty much each of you at one event or the other. Um, but we haven't got to meet Rhea yet, so tell us about Rhea, your co-host on Family Dinner. Yeah, Rhea's wonderful. She's actually from Seattle. And, Hooray! And um, I met her you, while I was still in college. Uh, she and, was putting together a puppet show, and puppet, like marionettes, were part of my senior thesis, and so that's how we first started working together. And her and my other friend, Champ, they started coming to our book of weeks, like almost every week. And this was something just like outside of school. We started taking it to it's like different places around LA. It's like MacArthur Park. We'd go to um, Blackma uh, Exposition Park and just like hang out, draw, and make these books together. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just started doing more, more stuff with Rhea over the years. She was the manager at the Urban Craft Center for many years, and they had a zine club. And Meredith was the only person who showed up. <laughs> and at that time, Meredith had just became my next door neighbor. And we didn't know that we both knew Rhea until she asked us to come meet at her apartment. Like, I have this friend and we're going to like, Meltdown wants us to do stuff. So can you come over and meet her? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and um, she, she and where, where she used to live in West Adams, they had run a internet radio station for almost two years and it was just something that like they would do shows periodically but they would always have music running like 24 hours so she's has a lot more experience in like podcasting than I had and she was really really eager to uh, get back into some kind of radio again mm-hmm. very cool now you mentioned marionettes you know our our birthday girl right here Libby is a puppeteer. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I'm a very amateur puppeteer and an expert puppet enthusiast. I thought you were going to say an expert puppet. I'm an expert <laughs> puppet. Well, it's true. I learned all of my expressions from the Muppets. <laughs> that's, why, that's why your arms have little sticks coming out of them, right? <laughs> that's, that's exactly yeah! right. Yay! Uh, yeah, we're actually doing a... I do get to puppeteer in my current Second City show. It's one of the songs we're doing, I get to use my, my Thomas Monster puppet. Pretty excellent. We actually have a show tomorrow, which, which Shaky Town Radio 
uh, listeners, I was going to say viewers, and mess everything <laughs> up again, uh, will miss, but I will have future shows which will have puppeteering in them because we're polishing our uh, second city review show. Mm-hmm. Libby's actually, her moniker online is Sneaky Varmint, which is a form of, of puppet. Yeah, well, I'll show you, and then it'll be fun for the listeners at home not to be able to see <laughs> I'll take a picture. what a Sneaky Varmint is. Oh, wait, okay, like this. Oh, I thought you were going to do it to Simon. <laughs> oh, I could do it to Simon. Do it to Simon. Okay, this hold on. This is far away. I need, I need to unplug myself so I don't clothesline on the... Uh... All right. This will be the video portion of, uh, of the podcast. Okay. This will be the... Am I supposed to look surprised or scared? I don't know if you are surprised. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it usually has some sort of covering on it, right? No. <laughs> Not it's the just sneaky usually apartment. a hand. The sneaky apartment it's just, it's is just, just a hand. <laughs> That's pretty much the gist of it. It's, it's, uh, Thank you for letting me be a part of that. You're welcome. Thank you for being a part of it. You ever visit Bob Baker Marionette Theater? Not in a long, long time. Yeah. Do you guys know about Bob Baker Marionette Theater? I know about the Bob Barker Marionette Theater where he advocates <laughs> spaying or nuding marionettes. Yes, I do know. Control uh, the marionette population. Exactly. Well, there's nothing worse than a feral berry. <laughs> they get their strings tangled up and things. Just, oh, Splinters everywhere. Exactly. I'll let one of our, our LA natives explain about. It's a marionette theater. <laughs> okay, I'll near, explain. Near downtown. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like constantly on the verge of going out of business. Yeah, it has been for as long as I really? can remember. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a well-funded, super heavily patronized marionette theater. Right. Well, yeah, but most weird. And it is in the heart of the marionette district, which makes it even more of a shame. I'm sure they have some very wealthy patrons, but they're all puppets. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, it's a cute little place. I saw the Nutcracker Suite there. Yeah, oh. that's, they do that every year. You're supposed to say, I saw the Nutcracker. Sweet! <laughs> uh, Simon, you've mentioned college a few times, but I don't think you mentioned which college that was. And its address. <laughs> and its address. Did you bring your transcripts? Because that's important. <laughs> I don't even have my diploma. What? Well, they like. I'm sure it's like somewhere in transit. Like it's take. Some it's taken years for some of my friends to get theirs, and so mine is on its way. Well, I don't know how you're going to do anything in this world if you don't have your college diploma. You're supposed to call it a sheepskin. <laughs> without a sheepskin, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Can't go to an interview without my sheepskin. Um, <laughs> I went to Otis College of Art and Design. 945 Lincoln Avenue, wow. <laughs> Los Angeles, Thank California, you. 90045. Excellent. So you're an Otesian. Otesian. That's what they call you, right? They can. <laughs> you can. What is the mascot for this institution? We have a logo. <laughs> Their mascot is a logo. We, we've, never, we've never had a mascot. Are they like the fighting pencils? Yet. <laughs> I think the closest thing we had to a mascot was something recently and it was just by one of the student councils um it was like at the top of their newsletter it's a night owl yeah that seems appropriate but there's no, for an there's art school the fighting t-squares it seems like your alma mater is just begging you to marionette them a mascot yeah. even if it is an owl just kooky eyebrows bouncing up and down i would really love to make an owl marionette but i would not rather do any work for that 
Yeah. Well, uh, this is a great segue, actually, because I wanted to ask you about your amazing tattoo art, one of which is an owl on your left shoulder that even says hoot. He was a hoot. Ah. I, this one I got from my friend's ex-boyfriend, and he was worked in a shop over on that sleazy Melrose strip. Mm-hmm. And when he was between shops, he was still doing work in his kitchen, and that's where... I got this one. And this owl is sitting on a, a rose corsage and wearing a dapper plaid vest. Is there a particular meaning or you just thought it was fun? I just wanted an owl and some, like, he's got a paintbrush and a pencil and oh, yeah. flowers. And then about halfway through, when he started the outline of it, he just stopped and, like, can I write hoot on you? I don't see why not. <laughs> Good answer. So, so that part was impromptu, but it came If I had well. an owl tattoo for every male that asked me that, <laughs> I'd be a fucking aviary. <laughs> you also have Petunia. I do, yeah. Petunia, uh, Little Pete's... Uh, uh, tattoo. tattoo. Yeah, it's Muse, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm, not, dancing I'm not familiar muse. with that one. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with the Adventures of Pete and Pete? I know the name, but no, maybe I should... You should, you should get, do get on top of that. It's one of fun. the best shows that's ever came out of the nineties. Oh. It's and certainly well, the best kids case. show. It was came out it was amazing for a kids show, and it yeah works on a lot of levels. All right, say. I'm on it. And the ones and the ones on your right arm. Anything? Uh, any amazing tales of my right forearm? Just is from a book, uh, the Phantom Tollbooth. Oh yeah, definitely. This is one of those things that I. Describe that maybe helped me become a different person from my sister because I had to read this in the third grade and my sister did not. Wow. And it says, Fork in the Road. Yeah. On Toward Countless Skylines. Mm -hmm. That's just a song lyric that I thought went well uh, with the Phantom Tollbooth illustrations. And and then this up here is just like a skull and some flowers and very black graphic flowers, a sugar skull that. I used, to, I used to celebrate, like, do a lot of Day of the Dead stuff with my aunt when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And You mean Dia de los Muertos? No. Day of the oh. Dead. Right. Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> but neither All Souls Day nor All Saints Day. <laughs> just Dia de los Muertos. Nope, just Day of the Dead. Right. All mm-hmm. Hallows' Eve. Mm-mm. All right. Is that for a particular cultural reason, or because you were trying to not be like your sister more? This one, this one, I got be, like cultural reasons, and um, I, I think I just wanted, I wanted to fill up this area mm-hmm. on my shoulder, and um, I was in San Francisco at the time, and my mom was going to come up and visit me, and she's like, I want to get a tattoo while I'm up there, and she's like, okay, well, I have a month to figure out what I'm going to do, and so it all came down to this. Yeah. Great. Well, it's all fabulous art, and now I'm ruining everyone's shaking down experience <laughs> with a highly visual podcast, so we might have to take some pictures. What, what did your mom get? Um, my mom got the the Olivia pig from those children's books. Yeah. So her name's Olivia, and so she got it on the back of her neck. Very cool. There's a, a recurring theme I notice of, um, uh, I'll say, youth... I don't know if I want to say youth art or youth media or... You know, definitely youth the, culture. The kids youth culture. These days? Yeah, yeah. Is that something that you? I hold? like to say, goddamn kids. Damn kids. <laughs> Is that something that you hold important? Like, are are you still, 
you try to stay in touch with the yeah. inner child yeah or the kids today either <laughs> either either both i like to think that i'm very in touch with my inner child um definitely more of a smart ass than i'd like to be and i mean that sincerely <laughs> uh, not everything needs to be a punchline but i somehow beg to differ <laughs> maybe everything does need to be a punchline <laughs> And staying in touch with the kids today, I don't think I, I don't think I care because more, I think as we've all kind of slowly noticed over the years, I'm like, what are they doing these days? Ah, sign of the times. <laughs> My dad always says, yeah, sign of the times, but not zeitgeist, just <laughs> sign of the times. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me. I have to show you this film on YouTube. <laughs> Can we watch it now? <laughs> How many people <laughs> have bothered you guys to watch Zeitgeist? Do you, I have zero people. Heard. Zero Good for people. you. You're a very lucky man. I'm still at the sub-manager level there as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know this thing, Zeitgeist. It's like a conspiracy theory. Oh, Christ. Thing. It's, it, they, like they, that, that also is a conspiracy theory. They put out these videos, like, they're an hour and a half, two hours long on YouTube. There's, like, three of them now. What? It's, Wait, no one watches videos that are longer than, like, four minutes on YouTube. Not unless YouTube. it's Judge Dredd. Why would you go Not unless it's Pink Floyd's The Wall cut up in, like, 25 parts. That's, like, an epic. It's, it's just this thing that, like, people who watch it, they have, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. And it's all, like, magical thinking and conspiracy oh, theory and... And things like that. And you don't just have not the, to... Not the fun magical thinking. No, no, I know. Like the, uh... I know exactly what you're talking about. The logical fallacy magical yes. thinking. Yes. Like other things that you just have to watch, you don't just have to watch it. You also just have to be willing to take a pretty right. large leap of faith. Right. We were actually... Simon and I were hanging out. Can't you out. keep an open mind? Yeah, no. well, thank you for introducing, but thank you. introducing me to something that I now know that I can avoid watching yes that i can avoid with fervor and and not not accidentally f come across and watch a two-hour youtube video right. of we, we briefly spoke recently about conspiracy theory mm -hmm. you and i and and um a, a cultura obscura i guess did we we did <laughs> did we the occult that's right oh the oh the occult yes and and things of a dark nature. Yes. This I is am. another aspect of, of maybe your interest. Maybe not a deep interest, though. It is. It is a deep interest? It is. Um, just the other day, I was browsing around different documentaries about Jonestown and Heaven's hmm. Gate. Heaven's Gate. Those are the guys with the sneakers and the purple... Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. Purple jumpsuit. Assisted suicides. Sheets and junk. Yeah. I wonder, well, since I haven't started a cult, I mean, it's on my to-do list, but... Uh, I've, I've been I've, hearing that a lot. Like, it's, it's been a pretty, like, common goal, and I... Yeah, I think... It's in the zeitgeist, people. one might say. It's too easy, though. It just requires you be completely, like, amoral. That's really all it requires. Well, I just sure, want to join a cult where I can be alive and board the comet. Right. So I'm waiting. <laughs> so maybe maybe someone, maybe someone in L.A. will attract Maybe that just needs cult. a charismatic leader to Possibly. show people the way. But is, is there like a seedy underbelly of Los Angeles that we don't know about that's very occult now? There's places where you can find books on the occult. I don't know of any like, group of people who meet up and just like theorize. 
But the the occult seems to me like one of those things that it only exists for people that aren't in it. Like people aren't walking around, be like, "Hello, fellow occultist. (laughs) What what recent occult things have you been up to?" It's like a thing for people that believe in something contrary to refer to a vaguely general group. I just I feel like there's so many decisions and so much planning involved in having a cult. Like, how do you decide that they're going to be jumpsuits and that they're going to be purple? It's it's like uh, it comes small. to you in a vision. Oh, like a, really, a white salamander really comes and chats right. with you about it. Yeah, or like uh, a microwave starts. I, I think speaking a cult art director. Like yeah, a, a cult aesthetic director. I think that's a position. Well, that's why I was just thinking like the way that there are wedding planners. Yeah. That maybe there should be a separate position for like cult planners, or like, they should come in and be like, "Oh, would you like your cult to be like Western themed?" Or pull out some swatches and kind of yeah. Right, I have some colors in mind for you. I have some suicide options for you. How can I help make your cult easier? Super volcanoes are really big this year. Yeah, <laughs> they could like you know have a booth at like a five k, and you know have the option you know or or like some or, like other a sort crash of events. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think if you're going to do a cult, you have to do the. I think L. Ron Hubbard kind of pointed the way because no relation. The old. Uh, <clears throat> so you say that's not what that movie Zeitgeist said. Uh, I think because the old way of just like keeping people from eating protein and locking them in rooms and things like that, it's just kind of crappy. But the Dianetics like take their money and buy yachts and stuff. I'm kind like, of take down. their money and tell them what they want to hear. Yes, exactly. Maybe exactly. give them blow drugs the, blow the sunshine and up, yeah. don't let them sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. abstinence is also something I'll see commonly in a lot of yeah, no, religious occults. No, no, forget that. Yeah, forget I, I definitely, I definitely want my cult to have sexual freedom. And mm-hmm. sterilization mm-hmm. in some. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not down for sterilization. Well, I mean, unless you're talking I am, about... I am down for free condoms in my cult. Unless you're talking <laughs> about uh, making sure that medical instruments are thoroughly autoclaved before they're <laughs> yeah, used. Well, I then I'm all for sterilization. Yeah, I am. <laughs> This is Keena Marsh-Keller from Drew Bone Books, and you're listening to Shaky Town Radio Hour. Let's go a little more in-depth about your art. Um, I mean, the, the quickest way people can see some of your work is on HireSimon.com. HireSimon.com. Which I, I love that. I love that so much um, because it's very direct. There's no digging around. I am an illustrator. I am for hire. Beautiful work. Thank you. Wonderful work. I think those are like the first words out of my mouth when I met you formally as opposed to informally um when you weren't leaving with a pizza yes um beautiful work i get like the cheese is everywhere it's like so even everywhere um you did the the the, one of the most uh well-known circulated actually we were at a book reading last night and somebody was had the t-shirt with the logo on it that you did really yeah i did not see that oh yeah i i I would think you'd you'd be going crazy like just every time you see that be like yeah that's mine i did that logo no. <laughs> Maybe to make up for it, you could do it with other shirts. <laughs> kind of catch up, like a practice. So tell me about things you like to draw. You're wonderful drawing people. Uh, another thing I like is that uh, you and friend of the show, Bianca Berrigan, did a... Also alliterative. Also alliterative, yes. Also, also alliterative. <laughs> also yes. alliterative. No, my also alliterative. Yes, it's yeah. also alliterative. Mm. Jean George. Thank yes, you. Jean George, Simon yep. Sotelo. Mm. And and Bianca yeah, Berrigan, yeah. your uh, zine problem sol- solution. You did the illustrations mm-hmm. for. That was uh, some a zine that was almost a year in the making because of me. 
<laughs> she gave me the text around the time, like a little bit after our first scene fest. And like, okay, this will be a cool project we could work on together. And then as I started working on it, things kept coming up. Um, and I found myself always having to push it back and push it back. I'm like, hey, what if we really get together and finish this by the end of summer? Yeah, Christmas sounds great. Like, all right, Zine Fest is coming up. Maybe that'll be our real deadline. <laughs> and which it was. And so, like, I, when asked, you know, like, oh, are you guys making a Zine for your Zine Fest? And, like, yes, we are. It is going to be great. And, like, crap, now people are expecting it for realsies. For realsies. And it turned out, it turned out really well. I work really well under, under pressure. It's, like, really tight deadlines. Because yeah. I very quickly overthink things. It sounds that you maybe are like me in the sense that maybe you don't start to work until there's pressure. Not necessarily. I'll I didn't mean that early. as a dig, but <laughs> maybe that's, oh, he's got maybe that's just me. I tend to get really excited and then in the like sketching or concept stage, it'll just like, I'll get way too enthusiastic and then get over, and then I'll overwhelm myself. And then once the deadline starts creeping up, that's what kind of pushes me to actually start working on it and focusing. I don't really function well without deadlines. Is pen and ink your preferred medium? Or what, what's your preferred? Right now it is. I really like it a lot because it's really fast. I can mm -hmm. finish the, like a lot of the drawings that I have up on my website that are ink. I, from start to finish, was maybe one to two days. Yeah. And whereas I've done a lot of illustrations in clayboard and just kind of like an mm -hmm. etching type medium, and that can take weeks, depend mm -hmm. just depending on the size of it. Mm -hmm. So, but I think a lot of people seem to be gravitating more towards the clayboard. So, but I don't get to do that one as often because it takes so much time. Yeah. A thing I like about both of those for myself is that you have to commit to it because there's no erasing. There's actually no erasing with the pen and ink, but not to say that you can't fix it digitally. Ah, uh, yes. I feel like that's cheating, but if, but if you're going to cheat, don't let me stop you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be seen online anyways. Yeah. Or... Like especially like when working with different art directors or magazines or like mm -hmm. whoever you're working for, you're usually delivering a digital file. Right. So they don't care <laughs> <laughs> so long as they get an end product that is nice and exactly what they told you to make. Right. Do you also then sell your originals? No one's ever really asked. Um, I have them all. They're in a folder somewhere underneath my bed for easy take storage. Them, take them for sale to a zine fest. I could. I yeah, why didn't you think of that? Yeah, why didn't you think of that? <laughs> uh, I just, I, well, I personally, when I collect art as well, and I'm an artist also, but when I collect art, the thing that I especially love about collecting original art is the I don't necessarily want to say the imperfectness of it, but the human quality of it, as opposed to something digital, and I like that better about music or about live theater, because if, if you don't quote unquote fix it, then it's more personal and human to the person that created it. 
Like a comfortable, unpolished quality. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually really like unfinished art a lot as well. Uh, oh, I got lots of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's interesting to, to see things that were sort of ended mid-process, uh, whether someone just decided that they were going to move on to something else, or like in the case of, like Michelangelo has loads of unfinished sculptures that are really fascinating, and he died, but... Uh, wait, 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 what? But you should not do he that. Died. Right? Uh, when did that happen? Oh, gosh. He died. Tim Curry had a stroke. But you're talking so, about the Teenage Mutant so many, Ninja Turtle, so right? So many revolutions, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh-oh. At least James Gandolfini's still here. That's right. Wait a minute. Wait for that Sopranos oh. movie. <laughs> Two minutes of uh, mouth breathing. I'm, I'm not, not going to ruin it more. Right. <laughs> Even though I know Brody's joking, I'm, I'm not going to be the one that ruins the podcast more. <laughs> Um, people you draw, objects, and and that um, in Problem Solution specifically, and just mm-hmm. this wonderful detail, and I just wanted to like, what do you enjoy drawing the most? And you mentioned like some of the clients you've had, and then of course you have your own personal art, mm-hmm. but I enjoy doing portraits and faces, like like things that are really expressive. Over the past year, I really, really wanted to get better at drawing hands. It's something that I've always hated and I've not really ever been terribly good at it. And so I was trying to do like once a day to once every other day, start and finish a really quick illustration that was pretty much just like some kind of a hand portrait or like a hand face portrait with like with obviously dominating like hands and just the weirdest perspectives and it was really challenging and it, it worked I mean it's like I don't even look at hands as something that's like difficult or there are it's just fun to do now okay. yeah good thinking hands are difficult mm-hmm. who are some of your heroes in art or like some of the people that you uh, not necessarily they don't have to be influences they can just be people who are like you know I really love that they do that thing that way Let's see, like, well, that's so, wow, okay. Well, I always, like, while I was in school, I was doing a lot of, like, sculpture pieces and, like, with my marionettes, and I haven't done anything like that in a long time, but I was really, really influenced by Liz McGrath and Red Nose Studios. If you haven't seen that, everyone should Google him. He's an amazing illustrator, and he just works with, like, 3D illustrations and I've always really liked like Sean Barber and the Sean Cheatham's like they're the really rough but then really detailed portraits of friends and artists Um, my best friend who's he's an illustrator and he mostly works in pen and ink and he teaches a lot of like comic book classes and he has exposed me to a lot of like early like, nine, 19th century, no, yeah, 18th and 19th century, just like comic strip artists, like your Windsor McKay's and your Arthur Rackham's, and so, I don't, I mean, I have, like, I really look up to a lot of my friends that I had gone to school with, too, who are, like, by anyone's standards, are, like, incredible successes at the age mm-hmm. of 25. Um, Jock Cooper and Julian Callos, they're absolutely amazing and talented and they're really hardworking. I wish I was them. 
I'm glad you're you. I'm glad you're you. I'm on a fence. <laughs> <laughs> what would your advice be for younger artists who are trying to decide how to pursue their art? Like, looking at art schools or deciding if they should just go out on their own and try to sell their work? It's difficult to maybe give a broad broad advice, but it would obviously depend on the individual, like what they would want to get out of, like if they wanted to go to art school. Not always necessarily necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, some, especially like some art schools, like you, there might be certain things. Like I know I liked the fact that I was able to get really good technical skills. And I probably wouldn't have had the initiative to go out and on my own or try and find books to teach myself. I had like I had to be told like you need to do this or you're wasting your money. Mm. So it's definitely like it, it is like art school is definitely can be beneficial. It also depends on going to the right school, and that can be a total crapshoot. Yeah, and like. My school was great, depending on the program you went into, and the benefits. Like you, you, like you see them once, once you're out. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep making shit. Yeah. I, I was told that I had to do like three to four hours of drawing a day, and that, like, that seems like a lot. And eventually. It's, it'll just become like a normal standard of productivity. And I'm looking forward to going home <laughs> on a Saturday night and drawing. And then I'm going to go see who framed Roger Rabbit later. Oh, yeah. We were talking about Was that. it playing outside somewhere? Mm-hmm. Where? Some, I think, Marsh Park over like, along the other oh, river. Cool. I love outdoor movies. Really, I love anything I can do outside without electrocuting myself. I saw Jurassic Park on Thursday outside. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm excited for more Hollywood Forever Cemetery films, those Cinespia oh, ones. Yeah. I used to go to those. Those were fun. Yeah, those yeah. are great. When you could still get in. Or, well, I I started going to that the first year it was open. <laughs> are you talking about that court order of yours? <laughs> <laughs> when you could still get into the film, not just into the cemetery. Yeah, no, I can get into the cemetery anytime I want. You have to join a No, no, not for the court order. <laughs> You had to bring a shovel. <laughs> I think you bring up an interesting point about the sort of difficulty initially to spend, you know, three or four hours drawing. And it's a, I think it's a weird thing that, uh, you know, academics does to us is that it makes us perform in these sort of non-creative ways mm-hmm. for hours and hours and hours. Like, I was a writer, like, I spent so much time in college just demonstrating applied knowledge so I could do it long amounts of time very often and it does a sort of mean trick to you so it makes you think like you can sit down and write for 16 hours every day and you're gonna do great at it but then when you get to something creative it's like it doesn't it might not work it that way probably isn't gonna work <laughs> so it's a it's a mean trick of college i think where it did, you know. well you, and i think also the the fact is your job when you're going to school for the most part is to go to school right mm-hmm. you know so you're doing your job and if that job is you know sure eight ten hours 16 hours of whatever writing painting right 
And then there's the cruelty of just having some shitty job where you're like, I can do this for eight hours. Right. And then I can't go home and do something that I'm really passionate about that I really love. I just hit a, I hit a block. It's draining. Like, I mean, like, one thing I did, like, about school was that it's, like, they put you under a ridiculous amount of, like, inhuman stress. And so, like, they, like, if you go to a good school, if you have good teachers, you will come out there with just, like, amazing work ethics and mm. be ready for what might be the real world. Sure. Yeah. And they're, depending on, like, the kind of institution you go to, you can make some amazing connections like other other people you go to school with uh, or my my professor is now one of my best friends and uh, like from there like you can maybe like it, it I think it's beneficial I think it is it's, it just doesn't mean trick to you to think that oh yeah. <laughs> I'll just sit down and while away for 40 consecutive hours at this thing I love no you won't yeah we opened today after I ruined the podcast uh, by talking about a bunch of things that you think are just okay, and then we moved on to things <laughs> that you like. Is there anything that you're super duper psyched about? Like, what's the thing that you would like jump up and down and make Muppet faces and Muppet arms? <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, I'm going to Santa Barbara this week. Yay! Yay! <laughs> what's up in Santa Barbara? Or what do you like? What's happening in Santa Barbara? <laughs> what's happening? I know what's happening. <laughs> Uh, my boyfriend lives in Santa Barbara. Oh, the truth comes out. Awesome. So yeah, I'm going to visit him. Take the tr- uh, Amtrak up there. He gets free Amtrak from work. But he is not a hobo, and you're not going to hop the no, Amtrak. No, 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 You're no, actually no. going to buy an Amtrak <laughs> ticket. Right on top of the train like it's some kind of spy. I think, I, think even <laughs> I think even if you hopped on the Amtrak and got it for free, that would be a jip. I think... <laughs> You've, you've moved from hobo train hopping boyfriends to boyfriends <laughs> who actually work for the railroad line. <laughs> Not quite. Okay. But he does get, like, do, like, do get free Amtrak. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and with that answer, let's actually, as we're wrapping up the show, I want to hear what everybody's kind of looking forward to as this is the summer, Shaky Town Summer Solstice Special with Simon Sotelo. Gene, um, let's start with you. What, what do you got coming up? Uh, what do I have coming up? Not a lot. I mean, just avoiding the uh, inexorable sting of death. That's mostly it. Um, Is there a beehive at your house, too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to be going uh, to Vegas uh, in July for the trade show that I do every year for my buddy Pete. Yeah, so, so go ahead and plug it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not open to the public, so screw you. Okay, never mind. Don't go. Don't well, try to find well, me in Vegas. You know what, though, it is? It He's is, not going to give uh, you the address anyway. It well, it's the, he doesn't it's know the, the address. IPCPR, the International Premium Pipe and Cigar Retailers Convention. Uh, but it's uh, Pete's 10th anniversary, so Tatuaje Cigars. And Tatuaje. spell that website? Tatuaje. Mm-hmm. T-A-T-U-A-J-E. Tatuaje. The only cigar of the, the Shaky Town Radio Hour. It really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. totally. Um, and they're really good. If you do happen to be listening to this show and smoke cigars, go talk to your local tobacconist. And if they don't know what it is, then we probably try and they probably try and open an account at the show, and we blow them off because fuck those guys. <laughs> Bob Schreiner, what do you have coming up? <laughs> oh, that's me. Um, it, it's pretty much going to be like the eighth grade summer for life for me. I'm going to fuck off. I'm going to go to <laughs> punk shows. I'm going to listen to loud music, um, pretty much do whatever the fuck I want. I'm going to go, no, no, I'm going to go no, more nocturnal, um, 
the last, some of the last few days I've been staying up to like 10, 11 in the morning. Um, but I've been like pushing, pushing, getting, yeah. getting something um, finished that's big. Uh, but then I'm going to start something else and then just write that well into the fucking AM hours. Um, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Mark Harmon should be my summer school teacher. <laughs> fucking rad-ass party. Mark Harmon? And then there'll be some stand-up uh, places to my be Pierce, My fellow Pierce College alum. You don't say. Yeah. Wow. Maybe he will be my cult mascot. <laughs> I've driven past Pierce College a few times myself. And then Simon can draw his portrait. I drove into the yes. parking lot and attended classes there. Or his marionette. Libby, tell us about your second city dates. My amazing second city uh, conservative five cast of friends and colleagues will have a show every Sunday, uh, times to be announced through July and August, which will be sort of previews, polishing up our sketch material. It'll be fun and nutty and a little rough around the edges, but if you would like to come, we would love to have you, and I would love to have your feedback. Things you love, things you uh, would like to see changed for whatever reason, whatever your feedback is, so that we can shine those up, and then in September, October, we'll have eight weeks of polished hour-long sketch shows. Will writing credits be given? Uh, our shows are all written as a team, so the writing credit is our team. Okay. Um, and so I yes do, and no. yeah, and I do want to mention one other thing that I just finished with another amazing team is the uh, animated short "Slow Day and Comedy," with uh, composed music composed by Ben Bromfield, performances by myself and Kevin Noonchester, and animation by the amazing Will Kistler. And that just went up on my Sneaky Varmint web presence. Yeah. Uh, it's on YouTube and it's linked through. My Sneaky Varmint site. I think I posted it on Shaky Town's Facebook page. Yeah, we'll, we'll have it up on ShakyTownRadio.com uh, yeah. the same week that it's you're hearing this show. Two-minute fun animated short with my uh, my personal avatar making a <laughs> debut. My pink-haired animated avatar. And it's super-duper fun. And the only thing I have that's 100% family-friendly. <laughs> so you can watch it with your grandma. Yeah, I if remember. You, if you can tear your grandma away from that hardcore porn. Yeah, well, <laughs> if, if you if can manage. Or if she's not dead. Or if she's not dead. Yeah, thanks, Libby. All my grandma's <laughs> dead. And thanks for naming my new record that I'll be doing this summer called All My Grandma's Is Dead. <laughs> I will be at the airliner. <laughs> July 13th. Yes. Um, I also am, my Fair Dig number one is still out and for sale. Uh, go online, you can check it out. You've, you've probably, by now, you've probably worn your copy out, so you need a new one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just uh, came out a review in uh, the new Razor Cake, number 74. There's a review of it, so that was if really favorable. awesome. I was going to say, yeah. did, they, did they pan you? <laughs> it was a really nice review, and I was really happy. That's every, it was oh, they didn't give you a really good. nice one, did they? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so check that out. I'm working on Fair Dig number two. Still working on this other thing that will come out shortly after Fair Dig number two. And so many other little projects that are in talks and in the works. Um, there's scheming, there's dreaming, <laughs> there's good things, it would seem. Seems optimistic and cryptic at the same time. Yeah, I, that's, that's I don't me. know if I like this that's new me direction. Crypt, is, it, is that cryptomistic or <laughs> optic? I feel like you're about to put glitter in your beard. It's it's weirding me out. <laughs> oh, Christ. I'm just, I, just, I have concerns. I to match his sparkling yeah. personality. Oh, thank Aww. you, Libby. 
Yeah, I'm redeeming myself. <laughs> <laughs> you're redeeming. Not, yeah, you're you're treading around brown nosing. <sighs> well, good, good thing we're almost wrapped. <laughs> we're before, gonna call the kettle if, black here before I screw it up some more. <laughs> and then Simon, do you have anything else you wanna um, plug? Obviously, HireSimon.com. Yes, my personal website is HireSimon.com, and check out my illustrations if you'd like to hire me. Send me an email, and the. LA Zine Fest, you can find out about that at LAZineFest.com. We're up on ev- almost every kind of social media platform you can think of. Almost. Not, not Paula Dean. Telex.com. <laughs> By Telex. <laughs> cool. Teletype. It's the old teletype. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. It's summer. It's the solstice. It's the super moon. It's summer. Super moon. We're going to go about our separate ways and enjoy the, the sun rays. Um, what are you doing? Are you doing like a poetry slam? <laughs> <laughs> My yeah, this is turning is into some kind of Don Henley soliloquy. <laughs> yeah, this is... Pretty soon, pretty soon we're going to be doing cocaine in other people's yards. And... <laughs> well, we're already in other people's yards. Yeah, that's true. You'd have to leave. True, yeah, he right. has to go. <laughs> have to, well, <laughs> are you asking me to leave? <laughs> no, because we could just pass. He could just hop the fence and we could pass the coco. I wouldn't be the first. Yeah? And I wouldn't be the first with illegal drugs on me hopping that fence. I guarantee you. <laughs> well, you do live in an episode well, of The just, Shield. Yeah, that way you have yeah. some yeah. stairs leading up to the fence. <laughs> we have established you live in an episode of The Shield. That's why there next to the fence. <laughs> Uh, so until we solve more dog-related mysteries, I'm Brody Foster <laughs> Hubbard. I am uh, Gene George. Still Bob Schreiner. Libby Ward. Simon Sotello. Have a great day. Come back. I mean, I, I don't care if you come back. I'm, like, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> but I encourage you to come back. These guys are great. They're funny. Oh, yeah, Family Dinner Radio. Forgot about that. Bye. Here comes the summer. Is that good? <laughs> yes. <laughs>